Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yeah, let's say good morning If to you're Chris serious... Barsby. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. There's plenty to get through this morning. But the big news, and we're going to talk more about this with Matty Young, Chicago Bull, scratch tomorrow night, and his future is now in serious doubt. That's disappointing because it was, he's about a 5-1 to one on chance, Chris, for his resumption, yeah. and the stable reported he was ticking over beautifully, but they can't go on forever. No, that's exactly right. Uh, we'll, we'll try and track down what happened, but I think there was a little bit of a mishap just with that uh, final piece of work yesterday. So Matty Young might be able to report okay. on the very latest from over there, but uh, I'm really looking forward to that chat with Matt this morning. Leader Peter is with us. Yeah, exactly right, and he is the leader, not only here in Queensland, but in the country right now. Steve, he's driven 250 winners this season, and we've still got two months of the, the season remaining. We've still got all of November, all of December. His nearest rival is on, is on 194, and that's Nathan Dawson, who's also based here in Queensland. So a lead of 56. Pete McMullen joins us. Pete, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, are you happy with the, uh, the numbers and the figures so far with the season? Um, I think happy a bit understatement. Uh, you know, when you stop and think about it, it's pretty crazy numbers. Well, I'm going to throw some numbers at you right now. Most wins in a single season. Who do you think holds that record? Um, Chris Elford. Correct. 456 winners he drove in the 2017-18 season. That's phenomenal, and you could probably appreciate that more than most, given the rate that you're going at right now. But 456 wins in a single season—that's that's huge. Yeah, that's um, you know, yeah, full credit to, uh, to Chris there. That was, you know, absolutely huge, huge season for him. Um, you know, obviously in a lot of meetings uh, that, that on that year, and uh, you know, as it does year in year out, you know, just it's huge the number of drives and winners. If the season stopped today, this is a career best for you. Uh, you drove over 200 last season, so you've easily eclipsed that mark that you set yourself last season. So 250 wins. The next obvious target for you is 300. And like I said, with two months of the season remaining, that seems achievable because there's probably about just over 50 meetings to go before the end of the year. Do you give yourself a shot at that, uh, that chance of breaking 300 wins in a single season? Um... Yeah, I do now. It was never sort of something that I thought about a lot. Um, always sort of something that was sort of always going to be out of reach. And uh, it's only been the last sort of couple of months uh, sort of started to think it's actually possible that it could actually happen this season. You're verging on a, a record here in Queensland. That The record for a single season for a Queensland driver is 259. So you're nine short. Shane Graham holds that record. He drove 259 winners in the 2014-15 season. In the 15-16 season, he drove 255. So you're a very good chance of uh, smashing that record. Yeah, you know, I've sort of been had a bit of a look through records there and um, I, I knew Shane had had some big numbers there a few years back and sort of realised I was on target to beat that and, um, you know, just sort of keep working hard every day and keep sort of making new goals and, and just keep trying to achieve those. Mm. So you've got that record well within your sights of being the uh, the most winningest driver in a single season in Queensland and you're a very good chance of getting 
over 300 by the end of the season, which is December 31. Uh, just going back through the, uh, the records of you as a driver, your first drive was at Albion Park, December 11, 2007. Do you remember the horse? Yeah, uh, pretty sure it was bulletproof. Correct. And the thing that stands out with uh, your record, it took you a couple of weeks to get your first win, and it came at Rock Lee on January 12, 2008. Do you remember that one? Yeah, Melton Roller Bonnie. Um, yeah, well, it was a bit of a slow start. It was, it was during the equine influenza, um, you know, and at the time, Dad didn't have many horses racing until Melton Roller Bonnie that day. And um, so the first sort of month or so was pretty steady, but then it sort of got going after that. Well, you've now completed 12 uh, straight uh, seasons where you've notched a century. The last two have been double centuries. They're, they're staggering numbers, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. Like, um, you know, I sort of don't really look into the past too much, but, um, you know, when you sort of stop and start thinking about the sort of years behind you and how big they've been, uh, it's pretty crazy, really. Mobile Rolling on Radio Tab. How's your week been? What's been the highlight this week for you in regards to harness racing, Brittany, so far? Well, there's plenty going on, isn't there, Steve, in terms of the Breeders' Challenge down in Sydney. That's certainly been where a lot of the focus has been mm. on. We saw the two-year-old semifinals last week and no real surprises there. So my ultimate Byron remains undefeated. Maybe small T's being defeated uh, was somewhat surprising. Yeah, by the stablemate of my ultimate Byron. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, the Tumby Park team is sitting in a very, very good position heading towards that final next Saturday night. And the barrier draws for both the two-year-old and the three-year-olds will, will be conducted this Saturday night as well. So we'll get to uh, know those fields and barrier draws with a, a week to spare. Mm, Chris was just saying about Chicago Bull. There's been even a, a bit of an attrition rate with some of the really good horses at the moment. You know, your Lock and Var Arts and your Ride Highs, now Chicago Bull, and there's a few others as well. We don't want any more. No, it is a bit disappointing, but I think at the moment the pacing ranks are, are basically with those few runners that we would consider top liners out. King of Swing is a dominant force and uh, maybe Amazing Dreams there on the second tier when it comes to Australia. So I think the Trotters have really taken over as probably the interest gate. Mm. New Zealand has an extremely strong crop. Australia, it's very even. There's a few up-and-comers coming through. So when we look towards the Inter-Dominion, it's probably a case of the trotting gate uh, might be the series that, that holds the most intrigue, even though they don't race for, for quite as much money. So uh, it's going to be interesting, but uh, we know now that King of Swing won't be heading towards the Lensmith Mile next Saturday night. So expensive ego will be the Cobbity equine representative, uh, and he'll probably go around as a fairly short price favourite in that Group 1 feature. So what happens with King of Swing? He's having a little bit of a freshen up ahead of the Inter-Dominion, and he'll probably okay. have a run the week before the heats start at the end of November. So off the back of that Victoria Cup campaign, he's just going to have a little freshen up, miss next week, uh, and go towards the Inter-Dominion on full steam. Lovely. Chris is back with us, Brett. Excellent. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you going? Very well, very well. We've got all sorts of issues once again with these lines, but uh, what's been making uh, waves in your world over the past week? Well, Steve and I were just chatting about the Breeders' Challenge. I guess that's probably uh, where the most interest is at the moment. Uh, last week, we saw uh, the two-year-olds run and one, as we've just mentioned, but I'm looking forward to seeing the three-year-olds this weekend. Probably both... Uh, 
the Phillies and the Colts and Geldings maybe like a, a fraction of depth, uh, but it's going to make for interesting racing. And with the seeding of the semifinals that Harness Racing New South Wales have done, uh, it basically means that we're seeing the top two in, in each of those genders split up. So we'll get to see them hopefully come together next Saturday night. But the two-year-olds at the moment are just so unbelievably strong. Uh, I think the two-year-old crop is just hogging the limelight a little bit at the moment. Who do you think's got the stronger crop, New South Wales or Victoria? I think it's a bit hard to compare because a lot of the probably best two-year-olds in Victoria we haven't seen a great deal of. Uh, maybe a few of them bobbed up early on in the season and they got to have that mid-season break. But at the moment, I think it has to be New South Wales on exposed form. But in saying that, uh, we know what happens when Emma Stewart's team start to roll out. There's generally two or three there that are extremely, extremely good. There's one horse that I wanted to ask you about uh, this week. Um, he's a horse that uh, has been living in the shadows, I suppose, but uh, just this campaign in particular, his past two wins, he's been phenomenal. In particular, last Sunday at Miraburrah, will he go west? He was able to take out the Gold Cup there. Is he a Grand Circuit horse in the making or is that too much too soon for him? No, I think it's a great opportunity for a horse like him making his way through the ranks as Steve and I were just chatting about probably the open class grand circuit ranks in Australia at the moment might be a little bit thin on top King of Swing currently holds that top position Amazing Dream has been really good but we saw in the Victoria Cup the likes of Max Delight and I guess a, a somewhat new wave coming through but Willie Go West I think has the ability he is probably still just a little bit uh, maybe immature or green and in his gait he's still not 100% so if that's him at not his very best, if he can continue to step up, stay sound and hopefully stay here in Australia because we know the Dean Braun team, they often make their way up to North America. If he can stay here, uh, hopefully he gets his opportunity to show his best. He's certainly got a bit of action about him with that gait. Uh bit like Big Bang Leonard, the way he goes about it. <laughs> oh, not quite. I, I don't think uh, Leonard quite reached those heights, but he's by Auckland Reactor, isn't he? So he might have yeah. that, uh, yeah, that sometimes they're not the best gated types, but uh, he can certainly make his uh, make do with it. But, uh, yeah, Leonard just uh, was hopeless, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the free-for-allers, some accountable fast approaching here. The big one comes up. Well, the first big one on November 6th. That's the big with Johnny Sprint. Field of 10 over a mile. And the more I keep thinking about this, spots are going to be at a premium here. I think there's going to be some disappointed connections. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's probably the same case here in Queensland that we've got a really good crop of up-and-comers coming through and a lot of real speedsters. Like, as much as the Queensland Cup will be the jewel in the crown and the feature. I think the sprint race is going to be so intriguing. You throw in Turn It Up, who I think at the moment is holding his position at the top due to not only his gate speed, but he seems to have returned in great form. The likes of Will the Wizard, Mac Da Vinci have both broken the clock in the last few months. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really good racing. Hopefully, Mac Da Vinci sticks around. He, he may not. He may be heading south. But... Uh, it's an interesting time in Queensland. The four-year-olds are really strong, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the likes of Will the Wizard, Mac Da Vinci, Blacks are dancers in that bunch as well. So, like I said, spots will be at a premium, so there could easily be some disappointed connections uh, trying to secure their spot in that feature. And it's only weeks away, November 6th, for the Be Good Johnny Sprint. We've got 10 races at Albion Park on Saturday night. Have you cast your eye over the form? What have you got for listeners this morning? 
Yeah, I've had a good look at Saturday night. I think... I've found the last few re- weeks really tough uh, to find a really good thing that will go around at a decent price. But just looking at the open class race, I'm not sure your thoughts around it, Chris, but I think it's super open as well. I think I'm siding with our Uncle Sam at the moment, but I'm still not 100% sure because uh, Clint will do's first up, fame assured there. And it's just whether or not our Uncle Sam can hold those to his outside. I don't think it's the end of the world. But, yeah, I'm not sure where I fall on that open class race on Saturday night. I thought Colt 31 was good last week and he'll probably be a lot better for that performance. But what are your thoughts around the open on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it was an interesting race for a number of reasons. A, obviously, Will the Wizards, the the key runner here. Those mild victories, three weeks in a row, were just thumping. So... He returns here, fresh up, hasn't trolled, and it's 2,138 metres. I found that really interesting. I had a quick look ahead the next week, which is the week before the Beagle Johnny Sprint. The free-for-all isn't mild, but they're going to the post here on Saturday night at 2,138 metres, and he's got gate seven. Colt 31, I thought he was more than okay last week. Did you pick up the gear changer with Colt 31 last week? Yeah, the fly veil on. Interesting, right? Yeah. Mm. Too right. What is that? Too right. Well, well, I'm not sure if it was because of the track resurfacing, Chris, with the fly valve on uh, to stop the grit from... It's basically a mesh, yeah, that goes across... Most horses wear it in the paddock, but he had it on uh, in the race. I'm not sure if it was that or... He's always worn the the shadow roll, and in the last 12 months or so, he's sometimes transitioned to having the the three-piece shadow roll with the the pieces up the side as well, Chris. So I'm not sure if it was because of the track resurfacing and maybe worried about a bit of that kickback or... uh, whether it was another reason, but I thought he was really good. Yeah, no, he was really good, and sectionally uh, he was sound as well. I had our man Darren Clayton go back through each replay of Colt 31's career. I think it was only start one or start two that he hasn't worn a shadow roll, so he's always had that little bit of uh, headgear on, but, uh, yeah, different last week with the fly veil going on. I'm not sure either why they elected to change, whether it was to do with the track resurface or they just wanted to change it around with Colt 31. And the horse that could be an improver in that race uh, is Northview Hustler. He might have the speed to lead there from gate four. He hasn't had a great deal of luck with draws of late, so he comes up with a a good opportunity to try and fire out and lead. So he could be a sharp improver there, Northview Hustler, in the free-for-all Saturday night. Yeah, I agree. I've been watching him for a little while now. His last two efforts, I just think sectionally it's, it's made it pretty hard for him to get into the contest. But... Yeah, he probably holds the key to the race and he probably does have the speed to lead. But then again, what does Will the Wizard do? I can't imagine that they'd want to really rev him up over the the middle distance, fresh up as well. But he might have a mind of his own after what he's been doing of late also. Yeah, great point, great point. So have you got a special for Saturday night? I've probably not got a special at Albion Park, but at Menangle in the Mayor's feature, I quite like the chances of a mare that we saw quite a bit here in Queensland during winter, Fairy Tinkerbell. She draws inside the stunning nun, and I think that she'll be able to take full advantage of that. So race seven, number 10 at Menangle. And also, if you're looking for one at an absolute blowout price in the first of the three-year-old Phillies semifinals, Glamour Fox for Ricky Orchard. I thought her effort in the heat last Tuesday was really good. Sectionally, it was excellent as well. Chrissy Schick will go around as a very short price favourite, but the last time I looked, Glamour Fox was 41 and $6 a play. So race five, number two at Menangle for a real value hope. And I think that we can uh, hopefully get something with race seven, number 10, Fairy Tinkerbell. I'll tell you what, I, the ideal dancer last week, I was counting my coins on the, the turn and then somehow our Baloo's 
brought himself back up the canvas and beaten all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think he just beat himself, the ideal dancer. He just got really keen in behind them, and I think he just beat himself by just getting a little bit too fierce mid-race there. So that may have just cost him that little bit of ping in the home straight. Yeah, absolutely. No good for the lettuce leaf, no good for the uh, the best bet. So we need to bounce back this week. We're right. well, race seven, number 10, Fairy Tinkerbell. That's Menangle on Saturday night. And the uh, the value play is race five, number two, Glamour Fox. Really good value there with Tab right now. So race seven, number 10, the best bet each way, race five, number two. Brittany, as always, appreciate the time. Looking forward to the chat again next week. Thanks, Chris. There is Brittany Graham from Sky Racing joining us. We'll go straight across to the West because there's plenty happening there. As we said, Chicago Bull, what does the future hold for the uh, the double millionaire? We're about to find out. Matty Young, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Is he done? Is this it? Uh, well, no, it's never it. Uh, he'll no doubt push towards the summer carnival and, and try his best to make it. But, um, yeah, time's definitely going to be against him a little bit. So uh, very concerning signs, that's for sure. Okay, so w- what is the latest? What 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 has happened? What is the stable reporting? Well, there hasn't really been. Well, I haven't heard anything um, this morning uh, in regards to it. I read uh, a tweet from Tim Walker yesterday saying he'd had a setback. I'm not sure whether it has been... Uh, delved into in the newspaper today. I haven't read the newspaper either, so um, I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. Um, I spoke to Junior yesterday and he seemed rather upbeat, so uh, I I think it's just a minor setback, but I think it just becomes a race against time. Okay. Do you think he'll be starting in the Cups, the Fremantle and WA Pacing Cups? I think if he's he's fit enough, I think he'll definitely go around and yeah, I, I can see them getting him there and uh, I believe they'll probably see there's a bit of a swan song for him. So I think they'll be trying 100% to get him to the uh, feature races. And Matt, that race he was in on Friday night, was that one of the weakest free-for-alls you've seen in a while for him? Yeah, well, it's actually uh, a pretty weak lot of free-for-alls over here at the moment. Um, uh, like in that same race, like we talk about Chicago Bull being a bit longer in the tooth, uh, Galactic Stars also getting a little bit longer in the tooth and his performances have been just okay recently so um yeah it's a few of these horses are getting a little bit older now and it's we need some new stars to come through so that's where we need uh, magnificent storm minstrel uh, labrador joe hurricane harley the likes to come through and really step up and uh, revitalize i guess you could say for the free-for-all ranks what did you make of hurricane harley last week I thought he was just okay. Um, He had to win with the run he had. So I don't think... um, I don't think he lost any admirers, but I don't think he gained any either. So um, his trial was good over here. His first run was just, uh, but you put a a line through that because he had to do the work and it's not really his caper. But sitting 1-1, he just had to sprint over the top and... Uh, he was able to do that, and he just held on off of a horse who, uh, with no disrespect to Babyface, that has uh, won Northern Cup, but he's always been one of the lesser lights, especially in the Justin Prentice stable. So uh, Cody Walrod's done a fantastic job with him, but you wouldn't have thought he would be uh, chasing down a horse like Hurricane Harley. Okay. Speaking of the Justin Prentice stable, Major Martini, did he trial yesterday Pinjarra? 
I believe he trialled at Pinjarra. I'll just get the results up. I wasn't there yesterday, so um, that was... I've just been waiting for the results to come in for the trials. It was incredibly wet yesterday, Chris. Uh, the rain that we had Tuesday, which knocked out the meeting at uh, Gloucester Park halfway through, and then yesterday it just rained all day. It was like a winter's day here. It had poured and... Yeah, look, it was uh, it was pretty ordinary condition, so the track would have taken a little bit of a hit. I see he won the trial in two minutes point one, twenty nine eight twenty seven two. So um, he restrained for a position in that trial, so he would have just carved off nicely that closing section. Replays are there, so I'll be able to get onto them. But it is great to see that he was there. A very notable omission, or well, that wasn't that trials again, was Rock and Roll Lincoln. We know he's had a lot of setbacks and a lot of uh, issues. So uh, a little bit concerning that we haven't seen him back to the trolls yet. Hopefully the, the weather was the reason why we didn't see him there yesterday. Rock and roll Lincoln. Maybe next week we might be able to see the former WA Pacing Cup winner step out. You delivered the goods last week. Don't bother me, none. He looked really good last week. He's a horse on the way up. There's no doubt about it. There was no fluke about that victory last week. What have you got for listeners this morning? Uh, race five, the Pro Chevalier, which is the feature on Friday night. I'm a big fan on this horse, uh, Hang Hang, number two. Uh, Finn Vara is in the race. He's a winner of uh, three last preparation. He won the uh, Westbred Classic for the three-year-olds. He's a very talented horse. Trials have been good. He has the draw disadvantage, though, to Hang Hang. It was a very good winner, two starts ago. And last start, it was just a, a bit unlucky with a few things in the run. He's a very good front runner. He's a very good roller. I expect Hang Hang to lead, and with that match fitness, I think he is the one to beat. So he's my best bet. I think he's uh, a weighted bet more for a place, but I think he'll win. So uh, race five, number two, Hang Hang. He's currently $4.20 uh, with 10 fixed odds, so uh, he has to be respected. All right, so race five, number two, Hang Hang, the best bet coming through for Matt Young at Gloucester Park tomorrow. Matt, as always, really appreciate the time. Looking forward to the chat again next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you. There's Matt Young joining us from Perth this morning. A couple of new horses that are going to the stables of uh, Gary Hall Senior over there, Steve, just quickly. Soho Broadway. This is the filly that came up for the Queensland Oaks earlier this year. She was placed in the Queensland Oaks behind moments like these for Michael Stanley. So Soho Broadway and Soho Bollinger both being transferred to the stables of Gary Hall, uh, Gary Hall Senior from the stables of uh, Michael Stanley there in Victoria. So that's interesting, but uh, I'll keep digging on the uh, the Chicago Bulls story and uh, we might even try and track down Gary Hall Senior for a chat next week. That'd be terrific, Chris. Thank you.